Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's, it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neuenschwander. Anthony Neuenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, uh, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but, uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds on promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. This is is the the Devil's State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Woo! 
What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and a welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place, as always, to get the most up-to-date news topics and so much more about your favorite team, the New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are doing fantastic today. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out. I, for one, greatly, greatly appreciate it, folks. We have a very interesting and very exciting episode here today of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. The first thing we're going to do is we are going to talk about a rumor that has come out over the last 24 hours. It actually involves a player that we had talked about in the previous episode. And then we're going to be answering some fan questions. I ask you guys a bunch to, you know, if you have anything to say or anything you'd like to comment, please make sure to message us on Twitter at Devil State or on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and we will answer your guys' questions or talk about whatever it is you want us to talk about. And then, as you could probably see from the title of this podcast episode, we have another special guest joining us here today. She's actually a friend of mine, and even more interestingly enough, she only lives across the street from me, and I've known her my whole life. She's a diehard Devils fan, and we'll introduce her in just a few minutes. But as you can see, we always have a ton to talk about here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, so let's stop the chit-chat. Let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we're going to start with some pretty interesting news, rumor, whatever you want to call it, that was brought to our attention yesterday on June 22nd, 2021. I'm recording this episode on June 23rd. So we got this news out of TSN 1200 in Canada that Shane O'Brien at Shane O'Brien 55 on Twitter says that he has heard that forward Matthew Kachuk of the Calgary Flames wants out of Calgary. So this is kind of an interesting thing. It, it seems it's kind of a, I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise, but certainly it was, you know, somewhat of a bombshell to pretty much say. And it's one of those things where you say to yourself, okay, well, how much substance is there to this? And I think that was something that a lot of us have been asking. Now, if you guys checked out the previous episode, and if you haven't yet, please go check that out. I would greatly appreciate it. We were continuing on with our talks of potential trade targets from each NHL team. And one of the two teams within the last episode was indeed the Calgary Flames. And I did mention Matthew Kachuk as a possibility, but this was before we got the news about Kachuk possibly wanting out. Now, we don't know for a fact as to whether or not Kachuk has specifically said that he wants out of Calgary. There, there, we haven't gotten any word that he has made any public remarks about that. But obviously, whenever you hear a rumor like this and you hear somebody mention it, you're certainly interested right away to kind of figure out you know, what the situation is. And I think it's something that will, that is worth discussing 
is worth discussing a little bit. And here's a little bit of information for you I actually got from an article. It says, Matthew Kachuk only knows how to play the game one way, but apparently some of his teammates weren't thrilled with his nightly antics. Elliot Freeman on a 31 Thoughts podcast episode got into what happened after the Jake Muzzin puck flipping incident, which caused a major scrum. Do you remember earlier this year when the Flames played the Toronto Maple Leafs at the end of the game? Uh, Jake Muzzin just, I think, flipped the puck into the crowd. Obviously, there's no fans. And Matthew Kachuk took exception to that. And Freeman went on to say this, quote, I think Kachuk was really frustrated by what happened. That whole puck flipping thing led to a meeting that I think just sent them sideways. I think Kachuk feels that some of the players didn't want him to create something every game. And I think he's confused by that. I think he understands only how to play the game a certain way. And I think he's questioning that now and quote, but it's kind of a really interesting thing with Kachuk because with Matthew Kachuk, he's a big body guy who can put up a, a pretty decent amount of points and goals. And, and certainly he's a guy that's a top six forward. Um, and he's also just not afraid to bang the body. And when you look at it from just the devil's perspective, to acquire a guy like Matthew Kachuk would be phenomenal because he would just fill several different needs on the offensive side. One, he would obviously help out, you know, one of Nico Hishier or Jack Hughes when it comes to scoring ability and being able to finish. Two, he pretty much fits the same age group as everyone else on the team. 23 is going to be 24 years of age. And he's a physical guy. And that's something that we were really lacking throughout the year. We have guys like a Miles Wood, like a Nate Bastion that will bang the body, but it certainly doesn't help to have even possibly one of your top six guys be like that. And Matthew Kachuk has become one of those players in the league where you hate to play against them because of what he brings to the table, but you absolutely love him when he's on your team because of the things that he can bring to the table. So it's something to keep in mind. Um, I don't know how much concrete, you know, in, you know, how, how much of this is concrete, basically. I don't know where exactly this is going to go. Um, I've already talked about the possibility that the Devils could maybe call Calgary, but it, it had nothing to do with this news. It had more to do with he has one year left on his contract at $7 million, which the Devils could easily afford to have on their team without a doubt. And he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the 2021-22 season. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Devils could certainly call Calgary and try to make a move. Now, I mentioned my mock draft in the last episode about what it could take to get Matthew Kachuk. It would be interesting to see what Calgary would actually be looking for. Some people have speculated that the Calgary Flames were already intent on trading Matthew Kachuk as one of those guys. Because we had talked about in the previous episode where basically Calgary is in a is in somewhat of a crossroads right now as to whether or not they want to continue on with this core that they have or if they want to more or less blow it up and kind of begin, I guess, what you would call a rebuild. It's kind of a hard thing to to really understand. You know, it's kind of hard to explain, basically, because Calgary is not in a position where they're terrible. They just missed out on the playoffs this past year. Um but they're kind of in a situation where financially it's going to be tough to keep some of these guys and some of their main guys contracts are running up soon and they have to figure that out and you have to make a decision. So Calgary, like I said before, is certainly going to have to make some decisions moving forward as to what they want to do with the core that they have. 
So I think it's something to keep in mind. But there was just something I wanted to mention. Kind of interesting how we just talked about Matthew Kachuk in the previous episode. And then over the next 24, 48 hours after the episode comes out, we get this information. Now, again, I will just finish by saying there is no, it's not definitive that Kachuk wants out. It's just a rumor, but you never know. And it's something to keep your eye on here as we approach the end of this, this month and getting ready for the expansion draft, the, the entry draft, and then obviously free agency. There's going to be a lot of movement, I think. There's going to be a lot of movement, and I'm pretty confident that the Devils are going to be involved in a certain considerable amount of different moves considering what they can possibly do and what they certainly need to do to improve the team moving forward. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that the Devils should go after Matthew Kachuk? Do you think they shouldn't? And if so, what do you think the Devils should give up? Um, in order to acquire the to in order to acquire Matthew Kachuk, not necessarily what Calgary would want, but just come up with a pretty realistic uh, move for him, and let us know on Twitter at Devil's State or on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. Now, I did want to answer one fan question, and it actually comes from a new listener to the Devil's State of Mind podcast, Joseph or Joseph. I apologize if I said your name wrong, sir. He is on Twitter at NYDevil89. He just followed me um, and subscribed to the podcast not too long ago, a couple of days ago. So thank you so much for finding us and subscribing to us. We really appreciate it. He actually asked me if we take fan questions and everything. And I said, absolutely. I would love to hear from you guys because I've talked about before. This podcast is for the fans by a fan. And I want you guys to understand that. So he actually sent me a question that said, what do you think about the Devils signing Linus Allmark from Buffalo to split time with Big Mac? The same way they signed Crawford, Allmark is a good goalie for sure. Now, if, if you remember several weeks ago when I was doing my potential free agent targets for each position that the Devils could very well go after, one of the guys when we talked about the goaltenders is Linus Allmark. And the reason that we brought him up is because, number one, he was arguably the best player on a very, very bad Buffalo Sabres team. He really showcased himself as a guy that very well could be a solidified starter in the National Hockey League. He's certainly going to be looking for more money than what he got from Buffalo, albeit it was a one-year deal. Um, and I wonder if he would be okay with coming to New Jersey as a 1A, 1B type of thing. And some goaltenders, they might be totally cool with that. Others, they might look at it and say, I want to be the guy that gets 45, 50, 55 games a year and is definitely the number one guy on a team. And look, once again, the Devils could certainly give him the money that maybe he's looking for. But you also have to take into consideration as well that the Devils might be thinking, well, we want to get somebody that maybe only will be with us for a year or two. And then we have one of our young goaltenders ready to go and go that way. If that's the case, they're certainly going to go for an older veteran type goaltender. And that's why I brought up the likes of Pekarine, Yaroslav Halak, and guys like that as potential, maybe a little bit more realistic uh, options for the Devils moving forward. But certainly, I think the Devils will look at and evaluate Linus Allmark and kind of get a feel for what exactly he's looking for from a playing perspective, from a financial perspective. And then they look at, talking about the doubles, they look at it from that term and say, okay, does he fit what we're trying to do? Does it make sense? Because look, guys, the doubles are not in a position where they're trying to tank, okay? They're certainly now in the mode of we want to start 
really getting better and better. So they're going to be looking to try to add guys that can be that way. I wouldn't be against bringing in Linus Allmark because I think that he would be a solid goaltender to help out. We do have to find somebody, whoever that might be, that can at least give Blackwood some amount of rest because we can't see him playing 55, 60 games next year as it's been proven the last couple of years with the lack of consistent backup goaltending, you know, Blackwood gets thrown out there more times than he should, and he's regressed a little bit. And we don't want to see that from still a very, very young goaltender. So really all this goes is just, you know, what I said to him, it, I actually responded to his tweet by saying, I mentioned him on a previous free agency episode. He would be a good guy to be a 1B to Mac. However, all Mark may want to go somewhere where he could be that main guy. And that's pretty much, you know, what I just said, it's, it's going to be, if he would, if he's okay with coming to New Jersey and everything, I'm all for it. Um, if he would rather be somewhere where he's like a main starter, then maybe the devils don't look to him. It all depends on it. Because again, I don't know what Tom Fitzgerald's plan is. You know, we get told every now and then some of the things that he mentions about what he wants to see from the team. But when it comes to like definitive concrete as to what exactly Tom Fitzgerald's looking for, none of us know. And we won't know till we start seeing certain players get signed or things like that. And then we kind of go from there. So that's something to keep in mind. But that's a very good question. It's a very, very good question. Again, would not be opposed to Linus Allmark coming to New Jersey. And again, thank you, Joseph. Joseph, again, I apologize for saying your name incorrectly uh, for, for asking that question. We appreciate it. And again, guys, I'll mention it again. If you have any questions or any comments about anything we've talked about on this podcast, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Devil State or as well as on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, direct message, whatever you want to do. Um, and I will listen to them and I will read them and I will respond to them as soon as I possibly can. And that, and again, this is a podcast for the fans, by a fan. We're in this thing together and it's going to be great. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to the second half of our podcast episode here today. And I am really excited for you guys to meet this, this very, very awesome human being. Her name is Tessa Listo. She's actually my neighbor. She lives across the street from me. Huge Devils fan, absolutely huge Devils fan, been a Devils fan, been a hockey fan her whole life. And I talked to her a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, you know, we're trying to get more fans to come on as guests on, on the podcast and we would love to have you on. And she was definitely a little bit nervous when I first offered it to her, but I told her that she would kick absolute ass and she certainly did on this episode. And again, thank you so much, Tessa, for coming on and speaking with us. It was a great interview. We really appreciate it. We're definitely going to have you on again very, very soon. And I hope you guys are just as excited as I am. And again, just like with asking questions, if you really want to come on here and speak your mind, I have no problem with having you guys come on here. The more guests, the merrier. We are in this thing together. It, you know, just don't be afraid to message us. We, we will definitely talk to you guys. 100%. So I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy this kick-ass, awesome interview with Devils superfan Tessa Listo. All right, Devils fans, I have another special guest here on the Devil State of Mind podcast. And interestingly enough, 
She lives right across the street from me. So we, I've known her for a very long time, pretty much my whole life. And I know how big of a Devils fan she is. And I really love having fans come on and talk about, you know, why they're a Devils fan and their own opinions on the team, because this podcast is for the fans. And it is with great pleasure that I welcome on my dear friend, Tessa Listo. Tessa, welcome to the Devils State of Mind podcast, first and foremost, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. We are certainly excited to have you on today. and We have a lot of questions to get to. So let's not waste any time, any more time. And let's just jump into the first question. Very simple one. How did you get into the sport of hockey? My parents always watched it. So ever since I was very little, like it was on the TV. And when I was real young, I asked my parents if I could play ice hockey. Like I wanted to sign up for it, like wanted to get into it. And I've always been like short, like I'm five one, and my parents were like, no, you're going to get injured if you go on the ice. So I started playing field hockey. So I've always loved the sport of hockey, whether it be ice or field hockey. If this is kind of like, um, not one of the questions I have for you, but, I, but I'll just kind of go off of what you just said. If you were to actually play ice hockey, what position would you have wanted to play or, or what position did you really want to play? I wanted to play forward. I don't know. I've always like just loved the idea of like me being able to score and all that. So when I started playing field hockey, that was my position that I started with. That's awesome. So kind of going into the, the next question is what is it about the sport of hockey in general that makes it so exciting and so much fun to watch? Because for me personally, I say that it's the best sport to watch live. I mean, you you think about the action back and forth and everything, even watching it on TV, especially watching the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal. But in your opinion, what makes hockey so much just basically super exciting to watch and to experience? Um, basically what you said, I love how intense it is. Like, I love how there's always something going on. And I like um, how the players are always like on and off the ice. Like it's not always the same players all the time. And I love just how fast paced it is. And I don't know, that doesn't, like it doesn't make it difficult for me to keep up with. Like, I love that it's like, you know, I always have to be watching to actually know what's going on. Mm. Like I just, I just love how like fast paced it is and like the intensity of it. I agree with you 100%. It, it's certainly, I, I've said it so many times and a lot of people would agree that, you know, it's the sport that you got to watch live. Like you actually have to be there and watch it because it is certainly an amazing sport and just how talented so many people are um, that play this sport that they can just do it at such a high level and with the intensity and how physical it is and everything that goes around. It's certainly incredible. Um, my next question to you is, is simply this because, you know, obviously in different parts of this state, there are fans of different teams. If you go down to South Jersey, there are a lot of Flyer fans. If you go a little bit more up north, you get a lot of Rangers fans and even some Islander fans as well. For you, how did you become a Devils fan? I, well, my parents were Devils fans, and then I always just love the idea that it's the New Jersey Devils. Like, that's something that always just stuck with me. Like, as dumb as it sounds, like, I'm so proud that I'm from New Jersey. Like, I love that, and I love that we have a team where I could be like, all right, well, the Jersey Devils, and I don't know, I just love the organization and the fans, you know what I mean? Like, even yeah. though sometimes it's hard to be a Devils fan, but <laughs> that's always what you know, it's so exciting about being there with other Devils fans because we're all understanding. 
<laughs> yeah, and I agree with you 100% about being very proud to be from New Jersey. I, I am as well. Um, I'm not afraid to tell people that I'm, I'm born and raised in New Jersey. And, you know, basically the Devils, I mean, they're not the only sports team that plays in New Jersey, but they're the only professional sports team that still bears the name New Jersey. I mean, you have the Giants and Jets, but it's New York. You have the Red Bulls in Major League Soccer, but it's the New York Red Bulls and things like that. For the Devils to still be called the New Jersey Devils is a phenomenal thing, and it makes a lot of us proud. And, you know, it being just part of New Jersey and the amount of, you know, and I'm sure, Tessa, you can obviously relate, but the amount of backlash that people from Jersey get, you know, everything. I've been to Long Island where people have said to me, like, oh, you're from Jersey, you you know, do you live in Newark? Because of course that's what people do. Or, oh, do you know, you know, Snooky from the Jersey Shore? It's it's really, it's really annoying things like that. And so when a Jersey team like you know the New Jersey Devils does well, it makes everybody from the state feel really proud to be from New Jersey. And that's really what we're looking for. And yeah, it has been very difficult the last, I would say, seven, eight years uh, watching this team, but Hopefully with the way things are going now with the organization and who, you know, the general manager and, you know, certainly the young, exciting players that we have, hopefully we can continue to build off of that moving forward, going into this off season and obviously into the future as well. So my next question is simply this, who was your favorite devil growing up? Growing up, I, Martin Brodor, has to be Martin Brodor. You know, I proudly wear his jersey all the time. Like, I just, I the fact that I even have it, I'm like, yep, I have Brodor. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I think there's there's no player like him. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I've always just thought that he was just like the man, you know? I, I totally get that because just, you know, very similar to me. Again, Martin Brodor, um, the reason that I got into the Devils, the reason that I got into hockey, watching him play, uh, without a doubt, the greatest goaltender to ever play the position. Uh, nobody can argue that, honestly. I, I argue with it with so many people, and it's still like the numbers speak for themselves. And again, you know, his his numbers retired by the organization. Uh, he has a statue in front of the Prudential Center, and now he works for the organization. And you mentioned having a Martin Bernard jersey. Well, I actually, I personally just got a Martin Bernard jersey. I know it's crazy how... I never had one growing up, but I finally got one. Uh, it's the red, green, and white from back in the 80s. So I'm really excited to have it. And uh, it, it was phenomenal that I even found it. A um, couple of Devils fans actually recommended some places where I could find them. So shout out to you guys. Really appreciate um, all the help with that. But yeah, you know, obviously Marty is is the greatest of all time. Um, and that, and there, I just really don't think there's any debate to that at all. So that was your favorite player growing up. There are a lot of very talented players and certainly a lot of, well, let's put it this way, very attractive players on the New Jersey <laughs> Devils from a lot of people that I've spoken to. Um, who is your favorite devil right now and why? So throughout the season, it like changed a little bit, but I'd have to say Sharon Govich because mm. At the beginning of the season, I doubted him. I was, you know, wasn't my most favorite, my favorite player. But then as the season went on, like he always showed up, you know, like he was mm -hmm. always there, always ready to go and really, you know, made his place on the ice. Right. And I'd have to say that he's currently my favorite because I feel like he's somebody that when he's on the ice, like as a fan, like we can count on him. 
Right. And that's something that I feel like stuck out to me because especially doubting him in the beginning, I was like, okay, you know, like I, we'll see, we'll see how the season goes. But then the season ended and I was like, all right, you know, I'm excited to see him play next season. He certainly was without a doubt, probably the biggest surprise for a lot of doubles fans. I mean, for me personally, you know, especially early on when I started doing Devil's State of Mind, he was a guy that we paid attention to a lot overseas because when he was playing in the KHL, he was one of the best players in the league. And, and mind you, he's not even 21 years of age. And so when he came here for some of us, we were very excited to see what he can contribute. And he really didn't disappoint. I mean, his first NHL goal is an overtime game-winning goal against the Bruins in the second game of the year. And right from that point, you could tell that this kid really, really just loves scoring goals. He is constantly aggressive. And that was kind of a breath of fresh air for a lot of us, just to see somebody who has a nose for the goal. And for him to be tied for the team leading goals is certainly phenomenal. And if you look at, if we had played an 82 game season, he would have been pushing probably 30 goals. I think he would have gotten to probably 25, 26, but for him to, to still have that production is phenomenal on the youngest team in the national hockey league by a couple of years. And he really took a, a really good role. And I think he proved that he is an NHL regular. And I think this is going to be a guy that's going to be a top six winger for years to come. So, you know, Sharon Golvich, as I call him, has certainly been a really, really big surprise. And I feel like the best is yet to come for him. So here's a question that I think is really interesting because I haven't talked to a lot of people who have done this, but you had the pleasure of actually going to a couple of games this past season, you know, during the pandemic. Now, obviously it was towards the end of the year because we started to have things open up. I did not go to a game this year for my own reasons that I pointed out on previous episodes that I'm not going to get into today, but I wanted to get your perspective on how things were going to a game in such a unique year with really strange circumstances, obviously still dealing with COVID-19. Just take us through your experience of going to those games and what it was all about. Um, honestly, at first I was a little nervous. You know, it was the first time I went to a game was like April. So it was still kind of the pandemic. Everybody's a little weird. But there's nothing like watching hockey like live. You know, there's nothing like being there. Right. And you could feel the intensity of all the fans, you know, so excited to finally be there and see, you know, the players, like actually see them not on TV. And mm -hmm. because it wasn't, you know, full. So mm -hmm. there were seats like spread out, which was also nice because there was nobody like on top of you and all that, but you could really see everything that was happening. And right. that was right. like awesome, you know, nothing compares to that. And, you know, being the devils and like the, uh, the uh, teams that we play, there was always a good amount of, the fans for the other team as well, which always kept the intensity high, you know, it mm. kept everybody on the edge of their seat because you could easily see like the devil's fans and then whatever, what other teams fans were there. Mm. And it, even though it wasn't full, it was so loud every time there was a goal, you know what I mean? Like, right. It didn't, it wasn't full, but it kind of felt like, you know, every seat was filled by how excited everybody was and the fact that we could actually be there after not being able to do anything for a year. Right. And there was like a feeling like no other, like, even though I was going to games, I went to a few games, but I still got like the butterflies in my stomach and I was still just so excited to actually be able to sit there and watch everything right in front of me. 
And it was just, it's an experience like no other, you know, like no matter how many games I'm going to go to, I'm always going to be so excited to like sit in my seat and then like look around the arena and see like, you know, how many Devils fans there are and how many other teams fans there are. Like it, it was just so exciting. That, that is phenomenal. And, and yeah, I mean, it was certainly a big deal when we first got word that fans were allowed to be back in the building. And it's crazy to think about how you go back to late March, early April when fans started coming back. And fast forward to now, we're into late June, and you look at the Nassau Coliseum on the island, and they're basically at full capacity. And they're certainly going to be at full capacity tonight for game six. It's going to be intense. And, you know, Montreal is starting to get fans back up in Canada and and Vegas and, you know, Tampa Bay and just other arenas. And I'm really hoping that for opening night, whenever that will be uh, at the Prudential Center, regardless of what the team looks like, I'm really hoping that we get a pretty close to a full crowd uh, because I think that there are a lot of fans like myself who didn't get the opportunity to go to a game this year and, you know, for different, different reasons. And, you know, me personally, I haven't seen the Devils win in two years. Um, I have really bad luck when it comes to games. So I'm, I'm really hoping that down the road they start winning when I'm in person because it's certainly been frustrating to leave the arena the last couple of times without them winning a hockey game. But hopefully as the team gets better, that will, that will change and we'll get things going. Now, I do this with a lot of people that I have on here, especially Devils fans, and I'm, I'm asking for your opinion on just simply this. Give me one word to describe this past season for the Devils and why you would use that word? I would choose the word motivating because I think that even though it's a young crowd and all that, you know, the the boys are young, but the skill is there. You know what I mean? Like they Mm -hmm. always have the chemistry of on the ice and all of that. But I think that it's very motivating because you could tell you know, they're, they're getting into the swing of things with the NHL and they're getting into knowing each other and being comfortable with each other on the ice. So I would say motivating because even though it wasn't, you know, the best season, like I think the future will be very bright for us. I think that's a very good word to use because, um, you know, when you think about it, like you mentioned, the team was incredibly young. You had 11 rookies on the team, which was more than any other team in the NHL. They racked up in total over a hundred and I think it was like 160 plus points, which was by far the most of any team when it comes to points by rookies. This was a team that really had to learn how to play in the NHL. A lot of guys getting a lot of minutes and look, I mean, to be fair, I was very, very critical at times of this team, considering how, you know, the team was playing when we went on the 10 game losing streak, losing all four games in a row in April against the Rangers, which was probably the lowest point I've ever been as a Devils fan. Um, one of those games. <laughs> it was, it was really rough. It was really, really, really <laughs> rough. Um, but fortunately, it didn't really matter for the Rangers. So I, I guess um, I guess I can take that with a little bit of um, a little bit of happiness. But yeah, I mean, this team is super young. But what's really good about going into next year is simply that they're all a year older. Um, the team's going to look different, whether people want to like it or not. You do have the expansion draft. And I know you, you and myself, Tessa, we talked about it last week, how we're trying to figure out who's going to end up being protected and who's not. I've given my opinion on that. I know you've disagreed with, uh, I think at least one of the players that I thought would probably be left unprotected, but it'll be interesting over the next two weeks to see who ends up getting left unprotected. And 
you know, we have to go from there. And then you have free agency, you have trade rumors. Uh, we just, on the previous episode, we talked about the possibility of bringing in guys like Rasmus Verstelainen, uh, Matthew Kachuk, apparently wants out of Calgary. There's a lot of things the Devils can do with the amount of cap space that they have and just making this team better. And I think that that's something that we have to look at, that this team is going to be better regardless of what they do. They're going to be a better hockey team moving forward. And I think that that's something to keep in mind. Now, speaking of next year, we obviously now know where the Devils are picking in their first in the first round of this upcoming NHL entry draft. They are picking fourth overall. And there are a couple of names out there that have been mentioned. And one name in particular is obviously Jack Hughes's younger brother, uh, Luke Hughes, who's a defenseman. And, you know, we do need a defenseman. And I think I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Basically, who do you see the Devils taking? Or matter of fact, who do you want them to take and why? <laughs> I would like them to take Luke Hughes, honestly. Because of obviously his skill and him being a defenseman and all that. But I also think that having brothers, you know, obviously Jack and Luke would create a good support system. Obviously, they already, you know, have the chemistry there. Mm -hmm. But that would be something to bounce off of with the other, like, boys, especially because they're all young. They're all kind of around the same age. So if they all have that good support system and see how the chemistry between Jack and Luke, like, would work. I think that would help the team overall too, because now that they don't have, you know, a strong chemistry, but if yeah. it was stronger, I think it would be better with like understanding with passes and all of that. And even at practice and all that kind of stuff. So I think that would create a really good support system and then it would just get better from there. I think that's a very good point to make. Uh, obviously the devils do have some, you know, connections with several players in this draft. I mean, I, I mentioned it before, Graham Clark's younger brother, Brant, is a defenseman and possibly going to be a top five, certainly top 10 pick of his own. And there's always the possibility the Devils could go there. I've mentioned it before that there's always the chance that the Devils may not be able to draft Luke Hughes because he might go prior to number four overall. But I think considering the mock drafts, I think there's a good chance. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be against it. I do question his defensive um, game because... But, I, but again, he's 18. That's going to take time. We're 17, actually. He's going to uh, obviously try to get better. He's going to be going to the University of Michigan next season. So it's not like we're going to be drafting him and he's going to be coming into the NHL right away. Um, you know, it's going to, I feel like that they're going to end up treating him like they treated probably Ty Smith, I think would be a good example. A guy that is going to take a couple of years, but eventually he will make it to the NHL and go from there. And there's obviously some pressure from the Devils now that, Jack Hughes made it pretty much publicly clear by saying that if Luke Hughes was there at four, that the Devils should definitely take him. And considering he's one of one of the star players on our team, you got to try to keep him happy, considering that this upcoming season will be the third and final year of his entry level contract, which I do expect the Devils to offer him some form of an extension prior to the season, like they did with Miles Wood or something like, you know, a Nico Hishio, you know, during the year. But it's going to be a really interesting draft when we get to it because there just isn't a whole lot for a lot of teams to go off of. But I think if everything points the way it's pointing, I think that there's a pretty good chance, probably I would say 75% chance that Luke Hughes is going to end up being the pick that the Devils make uh, at fourth overall. Now, when it comes to free agency and trades, and I've spent the last several weeks talking about potential free agent targets, and now we're doing trade targets as well. 
Are there any players that you feel like when you look at it, that would be, that would be players that the devil should be looking at when it comes to free agency or trades and, and why would you choose those players? Um, I think there are a lot of like possible players that would benefit our team, but I feel like for that a target would just be a goalie like in my opinion like I think that they should just target like finding like a goalie not that Blackwood isn't you know great but he can't play 50 to 60 games back to back and still bring that same energy and all you know and so I feel like if he had somebody just to back him up that we knew that we could always count on or you know however it would go I feel like just another goalie that would be really beneficial you know, whether like, no matter who would be I'd, on it, like, that's what I'm at. I'm right. like, no matter who would be just like another goalie. I think that they, well, I think they certainly will go after a goaltender. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald made it clear that once again, they have to dip into that because, you know, obviously we had, we had counted on Corey Crawford to be with us this season. And obviously he made the decision to retire for his own personal reasons. And that was kind of difficult because it put the devils in a spot that they really couldn't bounce back from Scott Wedgwood, you know, obviously he's not, you know, he's nothing to write home about. He, he did as best as he could. He had a couple really good games, but you know, he's obviously a third goaltender. And then Aaron Dell was for lack of a better term, very disappointing. And we don't have really any young goaltender at the moment that is ready to go. Um, and we did just lose Gilgis Sen, um, you know, him going back overseas. But you have guys like Nico Dawes, you have guys like Evan Cormier, and even Jeremy Brodeur, Martin Brodeur's son, that maybe down the road could be that guy. And obviously you have Jesper Wallstadt uh, in this draft, which I've really hoped the Devils find a way to trade up to draft him because I think that that guy could be a phenomenal goaltender in this league. I think that the Devils having a one-two punch of Blackwood and Wallstadt would be phenomenal. And I've talked about it before. I feel like the Devils need to be finding, at least for now, a veteran goaltender. Nobody that, you know, somebody we could have one or two years. And there are going to be some free agents out there. They're going to be interesting. I had mentioned the fact that if Vegas does have to move a couple players, which I think salary cap wise, they have to. If Marc-Andre Fleury is made available, I wouldn't necessarily be against making a move to bring him in to be that one-two with with uh, Mackenzie Blackwood for another year or two. And I think that would be beneficial. And the Devils were interested in Flurry just last year. So I don't think it's a crazy pot, you know, out of the question type thing. And you just never know with how things are going to pan out. So we'll see, especially if Vegas um, does get eliminated in game six, which it, considering that it's in Montreal and considering how well the Habs have been playing, it, it certainly seems that way. And, uh, I don't think uh, Maple Leafs fans in particular would want to see that, but it is what it is. And, my, you know, I, have, I of course, picked the Maple Leafs to win the cup. And boy, was I really wrong about that. And um, I think also, Tessa, if I'm correct, you as well picked the Toronto Maple Leafs at the beginning of the playoffs to win the cup. Of, is that correct? In the beginning, I was really rooting for them. You know, I had high hopes. And then, honestly, after that, I was like, okay, Montreal. Like, I don't know why, but I was like Montreal. And then every game I was like, all right, I was right for thinking that. And right. I want now I want them to win. <laughs> and a lot of us do as well, because obviously Canada has not even won the Stanley Cup since 1993, which obviously, the, ironically, the last time the last Canadian team to win the Cup was the Canadians. So if anybody can win the Cup and, and bring it back to Canada, I think it would be 
very, very perfect for it to be the Montreal Canadiens. And they're one win away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals, which is a phenomenal job by that entire organization. The fact that they've been winning in this series without their head coach due to COVID is certainly a remarkable thing. It just shows you just how you know determined and how focused this team is. And that's something that hopefully down the road, the Devils can be can become. And I think with you know everything that's going on, I, I think that we are in the position to do so. Now, here's my final question to you, Tessa. And again, thank you so much for taking some time today to jump on. We really do appreciate it. Th- this is going to be a tough question for you. Many of us Devils fans, like myself, are very, very sick and tired of the losing, especially finishing towards the bottom of the NHL. So, Tessa, my last question to you is this. And, and again, thank you so much for coming on today and speaking with us. We really do appreciate it. Is this. Many of us Devils fans like myself are just really sick and tired of the losing and finishing towards the bottom of the NHL. And we've had a lot of things been told to us. And a lot of us fans are not really thrilled at hearing, you know, all the future's bright, future's bright, because we've been hearing that for quite some time. But if you had the chance to just talk to every single Devils fan, and you certainly are talking to a lot of them as they're listening right now, what is the one thing you would tell them to kind of give them positivity and hope for not just next season, but in the future um like you said I know like we're tired of hearing it but I would say to be hopeful for the future because we've seen that they can win you know we've seen that they have the drive to do that and we know the organization can win a Stanley Cup we've seen it happen before it's all about getting there and you know them putting in that extra hard work and you know having the drive and the chemistry on the ice and all that but I would say stay hopeful for the future and don't forget that they are a young team, you know, and with that, they have to make a lot of adjustments that I think they are, you know, still processing. But once they get into like that groove that we've seen other teams and seen right now during the playoffs, how other teams can get there, you know, it's just all about taking time, you know, good things take time that if we want them to get there, we have to be patient with them getting to that skill level and getting to the understanding of, you know, how things have to be on the ice and with passes and, just shooting instead of keep passing the puck back and forth and back and forth, you know, it just gets to take time. But I think, I I don't know. I see it happening like soon, maybe not next season, but I think, I think we're going to be a very good team within the next few years. I agree as well. And and again, I think when you look at the fact that we're actually doing a legit rebuild and not like what we had been doing the last couple of years. And obviously we never really needed to do that while Lula Morello was here. Um, but it seems like we have a lot of things in place. A lot of things are stable. And, uh, you know, Tom Fitzgerald has done a very, very impressive job so far as the GM of this team. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table, not just this year and this offseason, but, you know, moving forward, trying to get this team to, you know, back to where we've come to know them. And that is a competitive playoff and then eventual Stanley Cup contending team. And I, and I don't think, like you said, I agree. I don't think we're that far away from that being realistic. Tessa, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us today. Again, we really do appreciate it. But before we let you go, and I do this with all of my guests, let the folks at home where they can you know, follow you, check you out on social media and everything like that. So Tessa, the floor is yours. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, my Instagram is Tessa Listo. Tessa, E-S-S-A, Listo, L-I-S-T-O. It's my Instagram if you want to follow me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Of course, and she does post a lot of stuff about the Devils. So, you know, obviously she's a big-time Devils fan. She knows her stuff. 
And, you know, it's going to be exciting. And hopefully we get a chance to go to some games this upcoming year. I actually already have uh, a voucher for two tickets for next season. So I'm already I'm already excited to uh, to get back. But Tessa, again, thank you so much. And we'll definitely have you on again, especially when this team really starts getting uh, moving and grooving. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y Hockey P-O-D, pod, N-E-T, net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know, anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. 
Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!